If you can hear me talking, I need you to just send me a quick shout. You know how to get in touch with me. You know how to reach me. Just let me know that you can hear me talking because I am really going to petition your prayers this morning because the enemy is definitely after us. We have not been on all week, and even today is the first day we can get in and still and still. Mm, he is after us. Okay? <sighs> Y'all got to keep us lifted in prayer. Keep us lifted in prayer because I, I don't know what's kind of, what's going on here. But you know what? We, we're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep up the fight. And we're just going to go into prayer just right now. Just right now. We're we just going to stop. I'm not even going to talk. I'm just going to go before the Lord, dear Heavenly Father, God. I give you thanks to Heavenly Father. We know that the enemy does not want your word to go forth. But we're going to just keep pressing our way to Heavenly Father. We're just going to keep looking to the hills from whence cometh our help, dear God. And, Lord, we're praying that the response to us being on this broadcast is so high that the enemy can't do anything about it. And we're just going to keep on pressing, God, because we know that this broadcast is because you have said so. Not because we want to, not because we think we should, but because you've spoken it into existence, dear Heavenly Father. And we're going to honor you each and every day. Every morning we get up, dear Heavenly Father, we're going to honor you in all that we do. And we're going to trust you, dear Heavenly Father, because today is going to be a phenomenal day. We don't know what we're going to talk about today, dear Heavenly Father, but we're going to take the time to use every breath in our body to draw all men unto you, God. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to send them from near, from far, Heavenly Father, the young and the old, the rich and the poor, God, we're just going to lift everybody before you who has a dilemma that's going on in their life, dear Heavenly Father, people who are grieving, people who are in the hospital, people who are confused, people who have rejected you in the past, dear Heavenly Father, we, we just pray that they all salute you this morning, dear Heavenly Father, and give their lives to you, dear God. That every person that can hear my voice, God, who has not made the declaration that you are the head of their life, that you would have priority. We're not going to give up to Heavenly Father. You never gave up on us. And we're going to continue to love you. We're going to continue to adore you, dear Heavenly Father. We're going to continue to do whatever it is we need to do, dear Heavenly Father, to let you know that we love you and we appreciate you, God. We would not be here without you. 
we would not have this broadcast without you. We wouldn't have a ministry inside of us if it weren't for you, dear Heavenly Father. Because every single thing that we've ever been through, God, is a faith builder. We're trusting you, God, for the big things that you must have coming down the pipeline that the enemy is afraid of. We rebuke him right now, dear God, that he will have no parts of what we have to do here today. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to be with those who are supposed to be here, who can't, who want to, and let us just fill in the gaps for all those who are missing. Let us pick up the phone. Let us text. Let us tell somebody that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We thank you, Father, for holding on to us when we let go. And we're not going to let go now. There's too much at stake. And because the enemy is fighting so hard, we know we must be on to something. Giving you the glory and the honor, God. So rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hmm. You know, I started, I could see that I wasn't on, and I'm asking, can you hear me? And they're telling me no. And I started to disconnect, and something just kept telling me, don't. Don't hang up. And I'm so glad that I didn't, because we would not be able to be together right now. I know Vivian must have some serious stories in order for us to be on today. We give God thanks. Again, we have not been together all week, but we're not going to let anything discourage us. So we're going to take this time to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on and whatever you do don't go anywhere because we will be right back well they all seem to have forgotten about me very good my sweet little it was the loveliest garden you ever saw Mom, it's Lucy. Everything is normal until it's not. Learn the signs and know that you're not alone. Welcome back 
to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. And it started off with a big old wow. (laughs) But you know what? We got to stay the course. We got to keep the fight. We've got to be determined not to let the enemy win. You know, it's funny because... I wasn't going to do a recap because we haven't been on Monday or Tuesday, and I'm, you know, I'm saying to myself, I'm not doing a recap from last week. And I was looking for something, a quote, maybe that was out there on Facebook to comment on, and I found something. I found something that was interesting. Ah, I'm getting a thank you. Thank you for letting me know you can hear me now. I appreciate that. And I found something, but then I lost it because, you know, if you don't hold on to the uh, page on Facebook, it goes away. And then I got on only to find out that we were having difficulty, and I'm really giving God thanks for us being on this morning. You know, it's a challenge. It's a fight. And, you know, when you're doing the Lord's work, the enemy's going to be mad because he expects for you to throw in the towel when things get a little rough, when things are not going quite the way you think it should go. And a lot of us do throw in the towel, and that's the problem. I'm, I'm going to say that because a lot of us just throw our hands up and we give up. And, you know, when he finds that people are doing that, he just presses because he figures you're going to give up. But I'm not. God has done a little too much for Stephanie for me to give up. I don't know about you, but I'm giving God thanks for all that he has done for each and every one of you that you're on. Giving God thanks for you just pressing your way. You know, we don't uh we don't always get a chance to do the things we want to do. Right? And I'm really praising God this morning. I really am. Because I'm t- when I tell you I started to hang up, I really started to just hang up. I was like, "You know what?" Another day, I'm calling Blog Talk. We gonna battle it out. They giving me back some money. I, I'm I'm tired of this stupidness. I'm tired of this fighting. And to God be the glory. To God be the glory. So without any further ado, we're gonna say good morning to our girlfriend Vivian. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wow <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, Thank my you, God, goodness. that we are back on today. Amen. Amen. Oh, girl, I got the magic question. What you got for <laughs> us today? All right. Today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with with some news about the babies. 
reports say sexually transmitted infections are increasing in New York City and across the country, excuse me, and one of the hardest hit populations are the newborns. They say newborns are being born with congenital syphilis, which is an STI that occurs when a mother becomes infected and passes the infection on to her baby during pregnancy. According to health officials, congenital syphilis can have devastating outcomes for a mother and her child. Mothers can suffer from miscarriages and stillbirth pregnancies. Babies born with syphilis can suffer from premature birth as well as brain and nerve problems and could die shortly after birth. According to reports, syphilis diagnosis in New York have been increasing since 2016. Data from the state health department shows they're saying that since um, 2021, there was a 41% increase in syphilis cases found in babies. Nationally, a total of 3,761 cases of syphilis were recorded in 2022, according to the CDC data. This included 231 stillbirths, 3,530 infants born with syphilis, and 51 infant deaths due to syphilis throughout the United States. They say these numbers are the highest they've ever been in more than 30 years, according to CDC. Wow. Next, the city is calling on Mayor Eric Adams to help with the prostitution crisis. They say it's so bad that children have been walking through what they're calling the red light district every day and every afternoon on their way to and from school, specifically on Roosevelt Avenue is what they're talking about in this article. <clears throat> Excuse me. A freshman at the Roosevelt High School says during the day she can see women standing outside pharmacies, medical offices, stores, and physical therapy centers, often wearing schoolgirl skirts, shorts or tight dresses. Allegedly, sex workers were also seen sitting on mattresses outside of a furniture store attempting to make their money. When asked if Venezuelan women, which are the recent migrants to New York City, were now among those engaging in sex work along the avenue, Mayor Eric Adams replied, quote, our New York Police Department intel is telling us there's a level of accuracy to that claim and that this is what happens when you create an atmosphere where people can't provide for themselves. Adam says he visited the area once at 1.30 a.m. and that he is willing to visit again with a news crew. Adam says there is a real issue around illegal sex work. Not only do they, we have to worry about the STDs, but sex trafficking is now involving young girls 
Adams says that there are elected officials who are trying to legalize sex work. What a mess. So as of right now, at least in the, the articles that I've read, there were no plans given, but hopefully with this new story being put out, and it being, um, you know, affecting the children. Hopefully now someone will start making some real noise and they'll start making some moves to deal with this situation. Our next story is good news for the kiddos. Reports say there's a program out there paying students for their hard work at school. They say the incentive may sound too good to be true, But there are students who are able to claim that they have won money. Um, One student says that his friend and him have cashed out $50 at a time. Sometimes he's even gotten as much as $60. So school districts across Metro Atlanta have a partnership with an Atlanta-based app called School Economy. They say students upload good grades into the system to earn points, and those points can be traded in for gift cards to just about anywhere. A's are worth 4,000 points. B's are worth 3,000. They're saying about 10 A's can earn a kid $10 to stores like Publix or Target. And parents are saying... In an already tight economy, they are welcoming the extra cash, especially after seeing the tangible award rewards boost their children's confidence. Since August, the app has grown from only 800 active students to more than 5,000 so far. School Academy has given out more than $1,200 in rewards. One boy says his report card brought him a real good time at Chuck E. Cheese, and he still had enough left over for a gift card to Chick-fil-A. So the way that this is working is the districts like Clayton and Fulton County Schools buy into the app to make it accessible to their students. Kids under 12 must have a parent upload their scores final test grades, as well as daily assignments do count. Once the points roll in, students can choose their prizes. School School Economy founder and CEO, Mr. Sanders, told the idea he is gamifying school, giving students an incentive to boost their scores. So definitely a really cool idea to get the kids to combine their interest in gaming and their need for good grades in school. Hopefully this will spread from Atlanta to other cities and states, and it'll be something that can help students all across the nation. Lastly, new studies on marijuana show that smokers can uh, be at heightened risk of heart disease They say people who use marijuana daily were 34% more likely to develop heart failure. The latest research about cannabis use indicates that smoking and inhaling cannabis increases concentration of carbon monoxide, a poisonous gas, 
tar, partially burned combustible matter, similar to the effects of inhaling a tobacco cigarette, both of which have been linked to heart muscle disease, chest pain, heart rhythm disturbances, heart attacks, and other serious conditions. So, of course, I'd like to bring these studies up when they come out. For all the people who see nothing wrong with smoking weed, studies are being done more and more that are definitely showing that smoking marijuana is detrimental to your health. And now they say it is affecting the heart. And now for our wow story of the week. A Brooklyn landlord has been arrested for setting fire to a home with the tenants inside over unpaid rent. Rafaquil Islam allegedly set fire to the stairs inside the home uh, at 212 Forble Street on September 26th. According to officials, Mr. Islam was mad that his second floor tenant stopped paying rent and refused to move out. They're saying he allegedly set set the fire with two adults and six kids inside the home. Officials said all eight people were able to escape the fire. Before the fire, they're saying Mr. Islam allegedly threatened to cut his tenants' gas and electricity. He also threatened to set the home on fire if the rent continued to go unpaid. Officials said that there was a video that showed a man wearing a mask in a hood enter and leave the home right before the fire began. Investigators also discovered a video verifying that Mr. Islam was the masked man. So he was arrested on October 26th and is being charged with several offenses, including eight counts of attempted murder, assault, and arson. So he didn't get his rent and he was going to burn the whole thing down. What a mess. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me. My username on Facebook is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Vivian, and I want you to know that I pulled up an extra story this morning just in case, because I didn't have anything planned for our main topic, and do you know, landlord set fire to home while six children were inside because tenants didn't rent. New York authorities say, I was like, no, she didn't just do that. So we're on the same page. Thank you so much for your uh, headlines. And as always, please stick around just in case we need a little clarification. Well done. Thank you. If not, we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Oh, my, 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 my. We got some stuff to talk about this morning. Let's say good morning to our Elder Natisha. Good morning, Elder Natisha. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be on with all of you. How are you today? 
Well, thank you. Well, thank you. How are you? I'm hanging in there. God is faithful. Good. Amen. Amen. And amen. So, we're starting off with the sexually transmit, trans, excuse me, transmitted infections that are increasing in the newborns. Congenital syphilis. If I, if I caught this number correctly, did Vivian say 3,031 infants born with this disease? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. What yeah, are you thinking is going on, Elder Natisha? That, I think this continues, right, the recklessness that they're seeing in our society, um, that lack of self-love, self-awareness, uh, where we are just out here, you know, engaging in type of behaviors. And then that false sense of, um, you know, uh, loving me, doing me, that seems to be a part <laughs> of, um, of, of this, this society that isn't real. It, it's fake when you, you know, if the only idea of loving you is just a selfie lashes, you know what I'm saying, and, and stuff like that. Like that, and, you know, without you taking care of your body, then that screams loudly of the lack of self-love that, that is existing. And not only that, but not only do you not love yourself enough to be careful, but you then impact the next generation. You mm-hmm. impact your child. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. definitely one of the ways that the innocent is fighting and he has figured out how to get a two-for-one. If I Not only can I destroy his mother, but I can also destroy the next generation. Wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm liking that two-for-one thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, the phrase is so appropriate. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning and getting us started. Let's say good morning to our girl, Shantice. Uh, Lady Tamika is not on with us this morning, and we pray she has a blessed day. All is well, but she's not with us today. So we have our girl, Shantice. What you got to say? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good to be back. Yes, yes, yes. It's good to be back. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, thank God. So, what do you have to say about this, you know, sexually transmitted disease that our newborns are Mm. being hit with? It's scary. I think it also has a lot to say for the women who feel like, oh, well, this can be cured or, you know, it's not that serious or, you know, okay, I have to deal with this, but my unborn child doesn't or my newborn child doesn't. And unfortunately, we're now being shown the evidence that they can be affected affected, and not just affected, but they'll have long-lasting um, effects, you know, that goes on with their little bodies and, you know, when we think about our bodies and how our bodies handle some of the everyday, you know, 
reg, quote, unquote, regular stuff. Like when we start getting the sniffles and, you know, if we come down with the flu and all of that and our bodies are how old versus, you know, their little bodies, we can't just assume that, oh, you know, because their bodies are still developing, it'll be able to fight off whatever. But to just think that, you know, my my newborn now is now suffering from something because of me, you know, because of something that I have. That alone just messes with your whole, you know, your whole psyche. So it's it's real unfortunate. It's really scary. Mm, you know, this makes me think of, and I think I mentioned it on here before, of a conversation that I had with a mother. And she she said to me, um, I know you don't think much of us making our own uh, mistakes and stepping in our own holes, but why can't we just step in our own hole and just live with it? Well, here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. This, this, this mm-hmm. is why. And I, I remember just, I was so astonished at the question. And I'm saying to myself, here it is, a woman with a child who is asking this question. And I said to myself, I remember my thoughts shifting when I became a mother. You know, the stuff you do, the reckless things you do, or the mistakes you make, innocent mistakes that you make, is you know, it, it only affects you when it's just you. But when you have children, every mistake you make, every bad decision you make, that child is affected by it. So even if mom contracted syphilis and the baby didn't, still that child has to deal with an ill mom. And because that mom is ill, that mom cannot function to the degree that she needs to as a woman who is not disease-ridden. And it was a scary thought for me because I said to myself, you know, we have to think past us. And it, it kind of goes with what both you ladies said. You know, here we are. We're making these rash decisions. We're going to sleep around. We're not going to use protection or whatever the situation is. And now before these babies even get to this earth, they are now already affected by our decision-making. Even if you want to call it an accident, they're affected. And, you know, syphilis has a lot of uh, long-term effects. They can go blind, all kinds of things. And, And I'm like, I'm hearing Vivian talk about this, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, these poor babies. And I, I just, you know, ladies, you know, let, let's let's get wise. Let's let's be smart mothers. Let's be wise women. Let's 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 yeah. remember that our children 
bear the brunt of all of our decision making, good and bad. And and I'll I'll just leave it like that because even talking about it, like my eyes are like getting watery because I'm just thinking about the suffering that they will endure. And there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. All righty. This I've been seeing for a while, ladies. This prostitution crisis, they've had it on the Internet, in the news. They've been talking about the fact that this is leaked out into the street for real. And now that the story comes to us, you know, where this uh, these students are now watching all of this go on, now, you know, we have the response of, well, this is what happens when <laughs> the migrant crisis goes awry. And that's not the first time I've heard it. Oh, Shanti, we're going to start with you. Okay, so I just want to make sure I heard the story right. So the students are able to see this trafficking going on from school? Yeah. I think Vivian said that she could see it out the window or something, or, or some, something right. about standing in front of the pharmacies. or Either when they're coming and going from school, they're out in the street mm. open. It's not hidden. It's not a nighttime right. thing. And that's the point that's being made here with the students are able to see. You ain't a student in the nighttime. You're a student in right. the daytime. Right. Right. That is, and they were saying that it was, did they make a difference? It was us or it was asylum seekers? I mean, e- either way, it's sick. They're, they're pointing the and, finger. Yes, they're mm-hmm. pointing. I've read, I've read these articles. I haven't talked about it. I mentioned it slightly one, one morning, but the biggest issue is they're saying that now that the migrant issue has become so large, and we have not been able to do anything with these migrant women that now, they don't have jobs. So now this they're doing this, and that's what kind of right. Mayor Adams responded. That was his response. Well, now that you've got this migrant issue, here, here, here's what we end up with type of thing. And Vivian said that he said that he was there at 1.30 a.m., he visited this area at 1.30 a.m., and he's willing to go back with a news crew. <laughs> to do what? I don't, right. I, don't, I don't see the point. I, I don't see the point. In, in, what, are you, what are you going back to the news crew to do what? What? This, this is because of the lack of planning. The desperation is real. That, that's why I, I wanted to make sure I understood Everything. The desperation is real. Even for those of us who live here, you start turning. That's a form of hustle for, I can't just say just us because it's everywhere, you know, um, stripping, prostitution, dealing drugs, all that stuff is like the easy, all right, well, I can't get it legally, so let me, you know, kind of look to this. Maybe do this on the side, and maybe this becomes my career, and it is what it is. And don't let me fall in love with the money. Then this is really going to be my career, for real, for real. But you can't now go over there and exp- 
exploit them as if this is not your fault or you didn't have something to do with this becoming a plan in someone's mind. How about, okay, we drove, we did a drive-by, we see that this is for real. Now we really need to, we've been playing for how many months now? We've been skating by with no plan for how many months now? Let's not really come up with something because it's bad enough that we are here doing this. But now that the babies see this, and now this is advertisement for them and, and a possible recruitment spot for them, let's really put something in place because it, it really can't be here, and we really can't see that this, and know that this is going on and be okay with this and act like we don't know so not only is it being seen, but we know this is happening and we're not going to do anything. It's like for, for you to go over there with, with a, a camera crew, it, it's just like, what, what, are you, what are you trying to say that you're accomplishing? How about getting some, some women maybe who used to do this from here, you know, and taking them and showing them now how to see when you ain't got no plans. You can't think of these things. And that doesn't make any sense. Mm. Elden I T show. A news crew. That <laughs> <laughs> mm. the news crew is just as weak as you know, mm. the lack of the, the lack of preparation that they put into all mm. of this. This is what we anticipated. So, I mean, those of us who have had conversations around this, we talked about what was going to happen once you allowed all of these people over here and you did not provide for them. So this is really just the tipping point, in my opinion. I think what we're seeing, like you said, is desperation for survival. And from the beginning of time, right, prostitution was birthed out of people who were trying to who were trying to survive. They weren't just out there selling their bodies, you know, um, for, for you know, for nothing. They were out there. Women were out there trying to get money to feed their children, to pay their rent. So it's always been, I have to use what I got to get what I need. And unfortunately. I think this is just a tipping point. We still are yet to see the gangs and the crime rise that is mm. going to begin to, to go up as a result of having the streets flooded with desperate people. Mm-hmm. You know, ladies, as Vivian was talking, I envisioned these countries looking like this. I don't know if, if mm-hmm. how many times we've seen uh, news stories about um, the same thing happening in the broad daylight, wide open, in their country. And one of the things we talked about was now our country beginning to look like where they came mm-hmm. from. This is what they they did before. And now they come over here looking for something better. And now... They don't get the better. And just like you ladies Mm -hmm. have said, now this is what 
I have to do to make it work. I may have come over here with my children. I may have come over here with my husband. You know, there's also this sex trafficking thing. You know, so there's a Mm -hmm. lot of things to consider when we are looking at women who are so desperate for, for survival that it doesn't even matter that it's dark. At least when Hunt's Point was Hunt's Point, most of it took place in the dark. You know, you knew they were out there in the daytime, but they've shown pictures um, in the news stories of these women, and they are walking the street naked. That's the one thing Vivian did not say. They have seen these women are not walking with, let's say, G-strings necessarily or or the stripper pole stuff. No, a lot of them are literally walking naked and Mm -hmm. or they have a top and no bottom, a bottom and no top. So they're halfway, Mm -hmm. fully naked. And this, to to say that you're going to take a news crew, the news crew has already been there. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, they've already been there. They've been they've been talking about this in the news for quite some time. I'm telling you, I've been seeing it. I just have not really talked about it. But what are you taking a news crew there to do? That's not going to strengthen your argument. Again, while you're thinking about taking a news crew, like was said, let's talk about what can we do. Now, you know, I, I'm tired of hearing, well, this is, this is, this is this, this is this, this is this. Listen, what are we going to do now? What's going to happen now? And just like you said, Elden Itisha, this is just one leg of this problem. Oh, we haven't seen the problems that are going to come from the weight of, of these migrants here. And, Shantish, you are absolutely right. We don't know about recruitment. We don't know mm-hmm. about appeal. You know, we don't know about mm-hmm. other people who are desperate who may not have considered this, but now this is a consideration. Yeah, you, you really mm-hmm. need to start thinking about, you need to get some thinkers on your team, Mayor Adams. Yes. 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 Because, Pat, wait, Pat, Pastor Steph, one of the things that comes to mind also is if it hasn't happened already, how long now before men, whether it's an asylum seeker or men from here, <laughs> the lack of few men from here jumping on it, now you're, you're generating more pimps because now they're going to find a way to capitalize off of the women being desperate out there. And now all I got to do is offer you uh, a guaranteed at least one meal a day in a hotel room. And now where you are out here on your own thinking you can make your money because I'm giving you now full security, I'm now making money off of you and how many other women out here. Mm-hmm. So now you have that problem as well. Right, because that's what the pimps always did. They used the mm-hmm. woman's desperation, and they provided mm-hmm. this, this savior effect. And now, you know, I, I, I'll feed your kid. You know, y'all ain't got to worry about it. I'll put you up and as long as you work. And you're right. It's only going to be a matter of time before 
it becomes a bigger issue. And now, listen, this ends up being a weight on the health care because how many are going mm. to be ill? And now, this how many are going to turn to drugs? I mean, this is this is this is going to grow. This has a potential of growing into something really big. And, and like I said, Mayor Adams needs to get some thinkers on his team. I don't know where these people come from. You know, I, I, I will admit that he's had some challenges that other mayors have not had. But that's why you need a good team on your side. That's why you need a good mm-hmm. team because there is nothing that cannot be dealt with. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to give this to you ladies to talk about this. For people who believe that you don't need the Lord in this capacity mm-hmm. of work, politicians need the Lord because the Lord would help them come up with some better answers. And I'll start, I'll give that to you, Elder Natisha. Absolutely. I mean, to, to think that we operate, any of us, in our human, um, mm-hmm. you know, smallness and think that we can take on such big issues and of mm-hmm. ethics and morality mm-hmm. and even have foresight, right? Like there is mm-hmm. a knowledge you need from God that allows you to have foresight so that mm-hmm. some of these things that are existing now that you would have had the foresight to see. We're right. able as women of God, to sit on this, this this platform and kind of talk about what is to come because of the ability, the discernment that the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit provides mm-hmm. us to be able to speak. And it allows you also to see the brokenness of humanity. When you don't have God, you don't identify the brokenness of humanity. Right. You don't understand right. why you need Savior. You need a savior. You need redemption because in and of ourselves, we are sick. <laughs> we are right. sick. Yes. And yes. so that, that's absolutely why politicians, especially who have this higher level of responsibility right. to help right. cultivate a, a society that is geared toward God, like now that's the the bigger right issue at play is that for right. you to know that the, your purpose even in this role is to help right. society be led toward God. <laughs> right. Like that's your bigger mm-hmm. purpose. But when you are without God, you're unaware of your purpose and the mm-hmm. bigger purpose that mm-hmm. that's led. Absolutely, absolutely, Shantice. Yes. Politicians, again, this goes back to what, uh, emphasizing what you and Elder Natisha just spoke about, you know, when you give your life to God, whether you want to or not, he gives you a different pair of eyes to see through, a different pair of ears to hear through. And you try to, you know, shut that thing down because it makes you correct yourself unless you don't want the correction. But when you're a politician, when you're a cop, when you're all these things, you are here to serve the people. You are here to serve the community. It's not about you. It's not about what makes sense to you. It's not about how things look to you. It's about taking the time to humble yourself enough 
to either understand how you can be empathetic or allow God to show you, oh, you, you don't think you can relate to this? You don't think you understand what they're going through? I'm going I'm to show you. And if you don't have that humility level, and this is probably why Pastor Seth, he doesn't have a good team maybe, because when you don't understand that these people need help, you know, and I I can't sit. This is not a job. These are not jobs where you can sit and you're going to come with, up with all of these bright ideas as to how to tackle each and every one of these things. It's going to have to take the foresight of God because God knows the individual. God knows the cluster of people. God knows the community. God knows what you can handle. He knows what he can teach you and then hand to you. He knows the type of people that you need to be around you to correct you or to assist in reinforcing what he has given to you. Mm-hmm. But when you don't, when you think, when you think that you got it, you know, because yep. God can have given you the vision, but then given other people the strength to have the ability to execute, and right. now you just have to be the one to sit and delegate, you know, to make sure everyone is on top. And there's, there's no, it's no shade. Like, it's no shade in being the one who may have the vision but not have the ability to necessarily execute. And there's nothing wrong with being the one who doesn't get the vision. But, yo, you tell me what you want, I can come up with 18 different ways you can do this. Like, there's nothing. That's what makes a team. And when you're talking about dealing with people, oh, my goodness, on on even a regular, ordinary, law-abiding citizen level, when you talk about dealing with people, if you don't have Jesus, you smoking somebody's crack pipe or hitting somebody's body. Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking about Absolutely. having a position to that magnitude of being a cop, of being um, um, a firefighter, of being FDNY, of being a mayor, of being a governor. This is serious because everyone is now looking for you who have that humility. And a lot of them don't go and sit and have a lot of these meetings because for me to go and sit in a community board meeting, that means I have to open myself up to other people's ideas, other people's foresight, mm-hmm, other people's mm-hmm. insight. And because mm-hmm. if your humility isn't there, you're not willing to do that. So you have right. to have God with you. And this is why God is stomped out because nobody wants to be able to go to the other one and say, I need help. How do you think we should do this? And it's sad because now everybody understood suffering. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I always <laughs> always said I was a great visionary. But you need the team to back up that vision. You cannot have the vision and execute every aspect of the vision. And you asked to be the mayor. And you have to have a godly team around you. Because mm-hmm. these people are going to see, like Elder Natisha said, you know, the things that, you know, need to be seen. They're going to be able to have, you know, some some discernment that says, you know what, mm, okay, we have to do this. You know, you're talking about 30 days in, in the shelter and then they have to leave a body here and then go and reapply. You know, what are these people going to do? You you have to. Where are your people? And if you don't have God yourself, 
then you just all jacked up. So you know th- mm-hmm. this is this is a this um, the result of no God. I don't want God. Yeah. I don't want God. And and I have said this a million times on here. We have said no, and God has said okay. <laughs> you you asked for it. You got it. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what's. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with this particular issue, you know, how they're going to put this, you know, to bed, because um, they're talking about Roosevelt Avenue. They have, they have in Corona, in Queens, period. Queens is bursting with this prostitution issue. So this mm. is only... Roosevelt Avenue in this particular conversation, you know, that Vivian is is talking about. But they're all over Woodside, Corona, all different areas of um, Queens where those migrants go is now flooded with Mm. this prostitution issue. And, again, it's open prostitution. And uh, immediately I just saw their country them flowing in their country, the pictures of them in their country, how they're out there and how they do it freely. And, and, and here we are. They're operating the same way because there are no new options for them. Oh, boy. All right. Now, ladies, I, I really need to know your take on this one. This school economy that is a program designed to pay students for their hard work in school. If they get good grades, the grades come with points, and you can get gift cards and all kinds of things um, for doing good in school. If you're under 12, you must have your parent upload this particular app, I'm assuming, it's the app that has to be uploaded. or oh, No, no, I'm sorry. Your school grades have to be uploaded. And what do you think about this, Elder Natisha? We'll start with you. Well, I mean, it's, we're talking about an incentive program, right? And incentive programs have been used in sales uh, and in other areas for years as a mode of encouragement in order to, and, and this stems from um, them doing research years ago to understand the different type of people that exist in the world. And there is a large portion of people who, um, when there is an incentive in place, you are likely to get better production from those individuals. And so I think, right, Upon hearing it, immediately you would think, why are we paying children to do the right thing, right? School was never a choice. You getting good grades shouldn't be a choice. You need to do what you need to do. Ain't nobody paying you to do what you need to do when you're going to be the one that benefits from it. But I think um, when we look at where society is today, we look at the negligence of parents, right, through all the stories we've discussed. You got negligence of parents. You have all of the, the, the moral and ethical um, setbacks that exist in today's society, I think if we are wanting to help to try to get our kids to focus and have less dropouts, 
because of the lack of support that they're getting from home, the breakdown of the family that's happening in today's society, the disconnect, the pull away from church, right? It used to be that church was a part of a community and thus a part of the family structure. And so with the breakdown of all of that, I think we're trying to struggle to find a way to keep our kids engaged and to keep them off the street and keep them doing the right thing, keep them geared toward education. And so I think that's the birthing of this uh, incentive program. And I think because of where we are as a society, I think that it can help. It can absolutely help so that we can start to get it back on track. At least if we can get our kids interested in school, you know, even if it's for the sake of making money, then at least then we can perhaps get some more kids that go off to trade schools and to colleges that can be successful, productive citizens. But right now, the way the society is looking, if we don't put something in place, we will, I, I don't know what, we will be looking like the Hunger Games out here in these streets. Mm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Shanties. Paying children, you know, rewarding them for good grades. I wish they had that when I was in school. I mean, you know had, what? <laughs> we had and all that. Maybe I would have went to school. Had they been given us points? Um, oh my goodness! That was a great incentive. Like, come on, back then, back when I was in school, it was all about Chinese school. So had they given us points, like you get a platter for like every A, man, it would have been over. But I, I, I feel like it's a great, a great incentive. I feel like it's also not only because I did something, but just the excitement of being a part of something and something productive. I think it's a great way to, like Elder teacher said, because my mind is there also, a great way to get either the parents involved or more involved because, again, if this is an act where a parent has to sign up for the child, and the child knows about this and knows about these incentives, they're going to push for their parents, you know, to do it. And now that starts that conversation. And I've been saying for the longest, like, long go the days of you just telling your child, just go to school and get good grades. Like, okay, great. All right. Now what? You know, these kids, especially with what's going on now, you cannot expect these kids to be in elementary junior high and they're supposed to just be focused on the future because the way these streets are set up half of them don't see a future the other half can't get to the present so it's like you have to give them something that will keep them excited and give them more of a reason you know this could turn into a fun game with their friends like well how many points do you do how many points you know you don't know what in a positive way that it, it teaches them how to be competitive in a positive way. Because goodness gracious, if I haven't met some adults who don't know how to play a game, oh, my gosh. So for the kids who've never played a game before and don't know what it is to win or lose, this is another way to introduce this to them. So I, I think it's, it's really good. Um, shout out to all of the participating businesses that – you know, giving away things and promoting things, you know, to be a part of the the point. But yeah, I, I think I think it's really good. 
Well, having taken, I'm, I'm taking into consideration everything the both of you have said. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. I, I don't know if good grades should. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I'm. I'm not digesting that so quickly. And and I've I've Is listened to both today in school. <laughs> We're not, we're not talking to the people who were scholars, okay? I wasn't a scholar. Who, I just went. This is for those of us who struggled. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time digesting that all you have to do is get good grades. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time with that one, and, and I, I can't. Uh, being honest, I can't think of. In other words, I can't even say, well, it shouldn't be this way, it should be that way. I don't even have an alternative, you know, or or a suggestion. Nothing comes to my mind, but I'm not digesting very well something that you need to do, something that, you know, you need to do in order to excel. You know, let me tell you something. Even when I pray, I give God thanks for the simple ability to read because so many people struggle with literacy. And I'm like, wow, you know, thank God that I, you know, I had parents or, you know, and and, and like you both have said, you know, you have children who don't have that, you know, support in the background. And, you know, we've seen, we've all seen children who have had no family support excel like crazy. You know, they got the crackhead mama, and they doing better than the the ones with the parents that work two jobs. Um, so we, we you, you do see that. But I have to honestly say I don't have an alternative. I don't have a suggestion. This is one time where I'm, I'm drawing a blank. As you both were speaking, I was trying to think of something real quick. I was like, but, Dad, Stephanie, you can't even think of anything. No, I can't. I can't. And my thought is if we're paying them, if an elementary school child learns that I'm going to get paid to have good grades, then what happens later on in life? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, and 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 I'm just gonna pray over this thing here because, you know. And I'm not saying it's the worst idea, and that's probably why I really can't come up with something because I, I I'm not saying it's bad, but I don't know. Just flat out good grades, and that's pretty much it. Now nah, I don't know about that, ladies. I don't know about that one. And well, I was. Question, question for you, Pastor Steph. Where, where are you? Where are you drawing the conclusion that good grades and that's it? I think, I think it's a stepping stone. I think for kids who are in school, right, early age, their only focus at that time is being able to get good grades. And most educators who are struggling right now in the classroom, it is because the kids are coming into school with so much hardship from what's going on at home that they can't get them to, to, to focus and to pay attention. So this becomes a mechanism, you know, that allows them to get their attention, get them to focus. And so not only are you getting good grades, 
but you are also taking in the information on how, right? Because subjects in school is around science, human biology. So all of the important information about character development and stuff like that is still being fed to them, but they just understand through, even through sociology. So they, they, they just understand and they have a focus and an awareness that's something that attracts them. And so when they get older, your question was, what happens when they get older? Well, they actually are able to make an incredible career in the area of sales. Because in sales, it is a mechanism that is used by most large corporations and companies, even American Cancer Society, uses incentive to motivate those development managers who are on the ground working with communities to help them to fundraise and to get them to be innovative. If we make our goal at the end of the year, then there is an incentive for all of the workers. So I think they, you know, I don't know. That it's, I mean, I hear you, but I don't know. And I hear y'all. <laughs> I and that's why I said I'm not. I'm not against it. That's not. That's not really where I'm coming from. I'm. I just can't digest that so easily. I, and and I, I hear it, you know, coming from payroll, you know, the, 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 that was a, what the sales department had phenomenal results, you know, when they ran the promotional, you know, um, incentives, you know, if you sell this, do this, do that. Oh, yeah, they, they soared. And, you know, I, I, I get it. I definitely get it. I just, I'm being honest. Like I said, I don't have an alternative. I don't have, well, you know, how about you do this? And and for me, I generally have those. This here, I'm stuck. Even though I'm not, you know, raising my pom-poms like, yes, I, 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 I'm not saying no, but I, I'm just kind of stuck in the middle. You know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm being very transparent. I'm wavering, and I, I hear both of you. You know, even to hear Shanti say, I wish they had this when I was a kid, you know, when I was going to school, because that would have benefited and got me up in there. I've been valedictorian. I've been at the top of my class. You know, and I uh, just, why just just so wicked <laughs> um <laughs> you know <laughs> i i and that's coming even from a different angle you know your angle was coming from you know what we do for the kids and and she's taking it even from an angle of man that was me who needed an incentive and yeah. i i definitely that's why i said you know you two have made compelling arguments but for some reason, I'm just not digesting it. And that's why I said, I'm just going to pray. You know, maybe, you know, God will reveal something to me. Um, I just, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence on this one. And, and I'm not swallowing this one so easily. But, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm happy to hear that the children are excelling. And, you know, if it means that they got to pay him to do it, then, you know, great, great, great. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. But, you know, like I said, you ladies, you know, you speak very, it, it, you, you make a lot of sense. Um, as you were both talking, I was like, come on, Stephanie, come on, come on, come on. You on the fence on this one, but you need to come up with some alternative. And I, I just couldn't. So, you know, um, again, if if I had to vote on it, I would not say no. 
I would not say no, to be honest with you, because I really don't have a really hardcore reason to come out and say, no, absolutely not. So I am fair that way. I am fair that way. So, oh, boy. That's it. So even Vivian, even Vivian said, boy, I sure wish they'd spread that and it would move from one, <laughs> one, one, one place to the next. So, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, with this and, you know, it can be so bad. You know, like I said, you know, it, it's, it's, it's giving some people incentive and they're doing their thing. So that's a good thing. All right. I am very happy to hear this particular um, report, and I hope you understand what I'm saying, that marijuana is the cause of some health issue, and it's a serious yes. one. Yes. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear this report. Santish, you got the first leg on this one. Yes, yeah, so when I've been telling the weed smokers I know that something really wrong with you, I wasn't just saying that as a freaking speech. I meant it. And now it is proof that I meant it because there's something seriously wrong. I kept saying to them, y'all keep thinking that this is not affecting you. You keep wondering why you're getting slower. You keep wondering why your faculties ain't the way that they were. You keep wondering why you can't function the way you used to function. Or or that's a, if I hear another grown person tell me they got ADHD, at, but, but you smoke weed. <laughs> but you smoke weed. And I said, call me insensitive, but you can't tell me you have a condition, but then tell me you do something else that can cause the condition or that can help make the condition worse. And I got into a huge argument with someone about this very thing. You're telling me you're noticing things are going wrong, but you smoke weed. So I said, well, I got a question. You don't think we have anything to do with this? No, because, you know, you can do this, and, and this also has to do with, and, and, and it could be your cholesterol is also all that. Da, da, da. Okay, so now <laughs> cholesterol has these brain cells. All right. So this just further shows me how the weed is affecting your brain cells. I am happy also to hear Pastor Steph. It's been to the point where any little thing I hear, if I hear, if you, if you lose your keys because you smoke weed, I'm like, yes, thank you, thank you. Can, can you put that on a skyscraper? <laughs> Put it everywhere, everywhere, because you would think that smoking weed is like them saying, y'all went to this corner store and got a beef patty. Like, it's nothing. And it's like, listen, despite popular belief, weed is a drug, bruh. It's not white like cocaine. You don't put it in a needle like heroin. But it is a drug. You can smoke it through a pipe. But it's still a drug, despite what the streets tell you. And this is just one of the ways the enemy got so strategic mm-hmm. to where it is just so done in the open now to where the enemy ain't even trying to be slick no more. The enemy is even telling you this is a drug. But because he did such a great job at convincing you that it wasn't, you really look crazy when you try to stand toe-to-toe with someone else and say that it's not. So I, I, I'm with you, Pastor Steph. Any little thing I hear that says weed is the cause of it, I am doing backflips. And I'm like, somebody, please put this on a billboard on 42nd Street or something so that they could know that yet again something else has been documented. I remember when we did the Pray for Them with Lil Wayne. 
Lil Wayne mm-hmm. talented, as talented as that man is. He can't remember more than half of the rhymes he done wrote and performed. But you're smoking weed. And the first thing I did was look, does weed cause memory loss? And what do you think I found? Yes, it does. So you then got to the point where you're one of the most, like, the most iconic rappers, not just in this generation, at all. And it is affecting your career, but you refuse to leave the weed alone because you are so convinced that it has nothing to do with your condition. It's disgusting. So I, I'm with you, Pastor Steph. I'm happy. Say, say, report something, though. Say your, your cereal gets soggy because you smoke weed, anything. Post it. Put it everywhere. Let's go. Well, not Tisha. Yes, I, I, too, am extremely happy that we are bringing to the forefront, um, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things that can go awry with our health uh, from smoking weed because the first thing a weed smoker wants to argue you down about is it's a natural herb. They use it yes. to cancer patients. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, you know, yes. They argue you down about how it's natural and it's not causing damage, but I'm, it's been causing damage. Like right. many of, 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 in our generation, when it was smoking weed, they couldn't remember nothing either. And it had no, lack of no. productivity. You know what I mean? Yep. Over time, it wore down. You saw someone who was vibrant and who had motivation and, and, and inspiration and plans. It kills all of that. People mm-hmm. I have watched over years, people who had these great big plans of what they were going to do with their life, do absolutely nothing and settle for a mediocre job just so that they have enough money to pay rent and smoke weed. <laughs> Or a mediocre job um, where they don't have to get drug tested so they can smoke weed. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, my god. And most gosh. of the weed smokers can't afford the weed. So the first thing it hits is your pocket. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. You know, and I was like, boy, I sure hope they understand where I'm coming from when I say this. And I don't sound like this, like, crazy woman. But... You know, I think the enemy knew exactly what he was doing when they legalized Mm -hmm. this weed. Because people who didn't smoke weed started smoking weed because it was legal and allowed. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. my thing is, anything you ingest in your body can contaminate your body. They have been talking about smoke, smoke period. And you know the thing that always puzzled me, ladies? You only got like a closed-in body, right? Your body is enclosed. Mm-hmm. Once you put something in it, it, it ain't going away. It ain't coming out your feet because you put it in your mouth. It's not coming out your ears because you put it in your mouth. But what? So when you put smoke in your body, what do you think it's doing? I don't care whether it's vaping. Cigarette and tobacco, weed, crap, it doesn't matter. You're putting smoke into your body. What do you mm-hmm. possibly think it's going to do to your organs? To, what? What? 
what do you think? And it's like I can't imagine being so hooked on something that I just don't even consider any of that. And like both of you have said, you cannot tell people anything when they smoke weed. They don't want to mm-hmm. believe that this is doing any harm. You know, this is, like you said, this is natural. First of all, it is no longer natural. I don't care what anybody says. What uh, Elton oh, and I teach you talking about, people who used to smoke weed when we were younger, it didn't smell like this. Mm-hmm. It didn't smell like mm-hmm. this stuff burns your throat and you ain't nowhere near it. It burns your, yep. your, your mm-hmm. nose. It burns your eyes. This is not natural. Something is contaminated with something. It ain't coming out the ground like this. We know Mm -hmm. we've been there. We've smelled it before. People who smoked weed back in the day, it it contaminated their brains. It affected their bodies. But it did not smell like this. Mm -hmm. And any time something can smell like this, you will never convince me that this is not doing something to your uh, your your insides, whether it's your your lungs, your heart, your pancreas, your kidney. It's some it's doing something. And when you look at the effect of cigarette smoke and how people have had to have their limbs amputated, the fingertips, their toes, how why? Because all of this stuff gets locked into your body, and it begins to affect. Everything. So it's it's really mm-hmm. sad that you would think because you want to smoke so badly um, that you can actually have this practice, have this habit, and it does nothing. And when uh, Vivian said it causes heart problems and things like that, I was like, yes, Lord, put it out there in neon lights, and hopefully if it takes two people away from smoking weed, then so be it. Because it is it it is so sad that this is a fight to convince people to take care of yourself. So I I guess drinking is the same thing and I guess, you know, it, it a habit is a habit and addiction is an addiction and, you know, people mm-hmm. fight over their addictions. You know, they, they try to convince you. That ain't nothing wrong with it, and they fine, and they can quit at any time, and all of these kind of things. But you know what? The more and more they do research, like Vivian said, the more they do research, the more they're going to come up with more and more um, negative effects of this drug. And can you imagine how many people it's wiping out? Can you imagine how many people it's out, you know, you may not feel this effect. I, I think about the COPD, and they said it. You can smoke as um, I just saw it the other day. They said with COPD, you can stop smoking as twelve years. Twelve years, you can stop smoking as late as twelve years, and you can still end up with COPD. And my mother. She was not a heavy smoker. She smoked every once in a while. She had COPD. So it doesn't matter. These are this stuff you're putting in your body, people. Please pay attention. Please pay attention. You are damaging your body. All right, ladies. So we've got 
<laughs> Brooklyn landlord goes buck wild, sets the house on fire with the people in it because they would not pay rent any longer. Thank God, you know, nobody perished um, in the fire. I, I have mm-hmm. to, I have to tell y'all. When I looked at the picture the other day, I want to get his name because this was this this is what did this is what was a little alarming to me. And his name, I'm gonna try to get this right, Rafikel Islam. That's his name. And. They said they arrested him for arson. He was angry that his second-floor tenants stopped paying rent. They refused to move out, so he set fire to an interior staircase, like Vivian said. And they said Mm. six kids in the home at the time escaped the fire. I'm sorry. I'm going to bring this up. I'm looking at the name. And this mm-hmm. is disturbing. <laughs> this is is bad enough that this is what you did. But I'm I'm looking at the name now. I don't know if y'all catching what I'm saying. I don't know if it makes a difference to y'all. But that's that that's one of the things that really stuck out to me. Shantish, you got the first leg. Yes, when you just started talking, I pulled it up real quick, and yes, I see the picture. <laughs> the picture of him. See where you messed up was. You stop paying rent. For whatever the reason is, you know, you could have said, you could have been like Martin and said, I ain't paying the five, so you ain't been doing what you need to be doing in the building. So not only are you not getting an increase, you ain't getting the rent. Or you could have just chose to be a bozo and just not want to pay. You know, either way, we've heard enough stories out here of tenants playing these games with not paying rent but still living there and the landlord either approaching you with a machete, because I happened over here, or something like this. You know, it's it's really not worth and I understand everyone can't just pick up and go. You know, everyone doesn't have that type of setup. But this is what happens because you never know again back kinda of like to the desperation. You never know where someone's head is. So your this is your property for whatever the reason i all, all you know is what i'm pretty much is saying you shut up because i'm gonna live here and not give you money it could be because you're not doing what you need to do here it could be because you took my money and said you were going to fix the boiler but you didn't and now me and my family freezing so why am i going to pay you rent and we're cold it could it could be something like that but all they hear is I'm staying on your property and I'm going to give you no money and shut up so what, you're going to take it. So he said, okay, now he set the whole building on fire and his plan was to kill you and your kids. So it's like you really have to be very aware of when you make choices like this. Now, focusing on what <laughs> you was bringing on past stuff, this kind of goes back to something that I've been saying for a while. And it's not with all people who don't who are not from here, it just looks with, with certain situations 
for me, it looks crazy when it's like you're not from here, but yet you're demanding certain things and you do certain things. And as I said, depend. I don't. I don't know the inside story as to why they weren't paying rent. But for me, with the personal experiences I've had, it, it it does look crazy to me a lot of the times. It's bad enough we do it. It's bad enough those of us who are from here do it. But now when the outsiders come and now they do things that can be looked at as if they're taking matters into their own hands and stuff. It's like, whoa, where you come from? So this this was just a whole. But as soon as I heard Vivian so they didn't they didn't pay rent. I'm like, here we go, here we go. It's 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 not worth it at this point because people are desperate. So now I'm mad you didn't give me money. So now I burned down my property. Stupid. But this, this, this is how people find. You know what I'm saying? It's like so now I ain't got no money to do nothing because I done burnt the property down. So now I can't nobody pay me rent. But when you're desperate, you don't think. So it's like. You have to put yourself in the other person's shoes as well to understand the moves that they will most likely make. So thank, thank God no one passed, because I didn't hear that at first, but you just said it. All right, Elder Tisha, what's your thought? I think I think that the, the name says a lot, right? I think uh, I have always uh, heard about the stress and uh, the frustration of when you have people not paying rent, staying in your property, the pressure it puts on you to have to try mm-hmm. to put the entire mortgage when, you know, people are not paying rent. But I don't think that we are so apt to try to kill an entire family. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. when we start going back to, unfortunately, some of the the things that they believe and how they are taught and trained and how they are mm-hmm. able to just kill without conscience, I think this is what we see here. Um, I think <laughs> I, I think that uh, this is something that's potentially been dormant in this gentleman um, from the time of his arrival. Um, because of the fact that this is a part of their training. Again, this is not new. Tenant landlord conflict right. uh, has has always been a thing. People destroying your property, you know, and then if they got to get out, when they finally do get out after not paying two years of rent, then they flushing toys down the toilet. Like I've heard some horrific stories, mm-hmm. but what I've not heard was an American saying, oh, I'm going to burn the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> That's equivalent. That's equivalent to I'm going to drive this plane into a building. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just mm. as drastic, in my opinion. Mm. Okay, so that's that's times two. Y'all, y'all done met me where I am. Okay. I didn't catch y'all on Wait, the I'm, school I'm sorry, thing. Pat, I'm sorry, Pastor Steph. Did Vivian mention that he had he told them that he was gonna set the the building on fire if they didn't pay rent. I don't know. I don't remember that part. Yep. I don't. She did. I, she, I did. Was, she said it. Oh, she did. Okay. Oh yeah. Cause I, I didn't I didn't hear that part, but I was skimming through the article while you ladies were talking. Yeah. He said it first. He threatened to cut off the gas and electricity. Mm-hmm. Then, he, <laughs> then he told them he was gonna set the the home on fire mm-hmm. if they didn't get rent. 
And that that's that's when I, I pulled up the article on Monday, and we didn't have a show. Well, Sunday night we didn't have a show. Monday we didn't have a show. Tuesday, and I had this mm-hmm. one because that was what I saw when I looked at. I didn't even see the name. I looked at the picture, and I was like, "Somebody set the house on fire with kids in it." And then I paid attention mm-hmm. to the name because I wanted to make sure, you know, because we, you know, we, not all brown people are the same. And I was like, mm-hmm. are you serious? Okay. So you over here, you are entitled to your rent if you are doing everything you're supposed to do. You are definitely mm-hmm. entitled to your rent. And like Elder Natisha said, we've heard some horror stories as to how people tear your place up. Um, we just did a story maybe last month sometime where the the, the Airbnb, you know, because the, the the found out that the water was supposed to be there for a certain amount of time and found out that the water thing was wrong. So now you are squatter and all, and you got an attorney and all of this kind of stuff. You know, we we do hear some horror stories, and you know. A lot of times you just find bad tenants, and they come up with reasons why they don't pay mm-hmm. your rent, and you are entitled to your rent because you've been doing the right thing. But at what point does a life matter? And for the, the this set of people, like has been said, life it just ain't what it is to us. And, and we've mm-hmm. heard people come up with a machete, they might threaten you with a gun. They might threaten and tell you they got a gun. They may, you know, bang on your door and do But deaths, you really don't hear this type of um, resolve that, okay, you know what? And knowing that you got kids in the house. I was about to say, especially like the baby, they can't chil- Children, six kids in the home escape the fire and it's because there's no value of life and i don't care what the reason is you did not get your rent whether you were you know the 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 best landlord in the world or whether you were the worst or whether they were the worst tenants in the world or they were the best tenants in the world whatever the situation is that there was extreme and unfortunately this is just what you're dealing with and you know what i i agree with shanties you know um with the way mental illness is out here now and evil prevails you know what if mm-hmm. you you might as well try to look for someplace else to live if you're really that dissatisfied with the way the landlord keeps the keeps the premises because mm-hmm. you just don't want to run up against this whole I don't I'm not paying a rent. I'm not paying a rent. I'm not paying a rent. And now you think people are gonna sit back and they're going to take mm-hmm. your nonsense. It's just not done. And this here my I I I was just like, Wow, this is what we doing. You know we 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 have so many reasons that we need to pray. You know, we have been given news today, and every sink from the beginning for Vivian's stories all the way through to the end, 
we have reason to pray. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's... For those of us who are prayer warriors, you you immediately see that these things need prayer. These situations need prayer. You know, and the reason why I said prayer warriors is because, you know, sometimes people don't pray unless they really got to pray. And unless something's going on with them, they're in a tight jam or they want something from the Lord, and, you know, then they find their way to prayer. And some of us prayer warriors started like that. You know, I'm not beating you up. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just explaining why I I went to the prayer warrior thing. Because when you read these news stories, when you hear these news stories, we need to stay before the Lord because this is this is earth. This is earth. Mm-hmm. We live here. If this stuff ain't happening out of space. This stuff is on earth. And people of God we really need to make sure we keep all of this lifted in prayer. I prayed um, in the beginning, um, but I'm I'm going to take this time right now and go before the Lord because this stuff is, this is really disturbing. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, God of mankind, We come before you, dear Heavenly Father, first with grateful hearts that we are not a part of this news, that this news is not about us or our family or loved ones, people we know. We're grateful, dear Heavenly Father, that we're detached uh, physically from these particular stories. But dear Heavenly Mm -hmm. Father, we you on behalf of this world we're talking about parents who are making decisions for their bodies uh, with their bodies it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. sometimes just throwing caution to the wind sometimes they're tired sometimes they're despondent sometimes they're just weak sometimes they just give up and they don't care And when they do care, it's just a little too late because the damage is done already. And, Lord, we lift these babies up to you who have no choice. They are born into this situation. And we pray for their little bodies, dear Heavenly Father. We ask you to just cover them. Heal them according Mm -hmm. to your will, dear God. They're suffering because of people who are making decisions for themselves but who are ultimately making decisions for innocent lives. Lord, we give you thanks for all of the uh, medicine, all of the people in, in the healthcare who are caring for these newborns, all of the strides that have been made to help toward this syphilis disease that these babies may even be in a better situation because of what they know now and they did not know before. So we give you thanks for progressive medicine. And we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to even be with the parents. 
be with the mothers, that they would take a special care for their children, that maybe the point where they didn't care about themselves, maybe now will be a wake-up call. And we're praying that they are on alert now. What's done is done. But we ask that you just help them move forward, that they realize that they need a Savior and they can't make it on their own. And they've made these decisions on their own already. They don't need to continue to move in this direction and that there would be healing for this situation. Lord, we're asking you to be with the mayor and his team. He is faced with so many so many issues, many more issues than many other mayors have even had to face. And, Lord, we're asking that you help him understand that he needs a Savior, that he needs you in his corner, that he needs you as the decision maker, that he can't make it without you. And if there's one person on his team who knows you, God, we pray that the effect would be greater than that individual could ever imagine, that you would give the words, that you would give the understanding, that you could give the vision and the answer to this team, dear God. They're already looking for him to fail from the beginning. There was always an expectation that nothing was going to happen. And now with all of these issues that are plaguing, now he has to face all of this. But we we, we just pray that he understands he doesn't have to face this alone. That he's got a partner. He's got a partner. He is not alone. We ask you to endow him with anything and everything he needs to complete this job. Lord, we're just lifting up every uh, sex worker before you. Desperation leads us to do a whole lot of things. And, God, we're asking that since the, the, uh, the offer was made and the promises were made, that these things get fulfilled, that someone would step in, that any group would step in, that your people would step in, that you would give the the, the uh, answers, that people would meet them where they are, right on those streets, and introduce them to you. There's no reason why they they can't say yes. And you've taken a many off the street. You've done greater things. This is nothing for you. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to present yourself right there, whether they're naked or clothed. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to shield our children from seeing this, from being affected by this, God. And if there's any, um, anyone that's out there who's a victim of sex trafficking, dear Heavenly Father, we ask for you to just release them. Allow them to escape, that they're no one's slave. We ask you, God, to just heal this land from all of the perversion, the evil, the hatred, 
the sin and that your people would open up their mouths and speak louder, work harder, not just sit by and do nothing. And we're thanking you, God, for just answering that prayer. Lord, we're we're talking about incentives and what it's taking to get these children to look at school differently, what it takes for them to work harder toward grades, possibility that they don't have the, the, the parental or the family support that they need from home. So now these things are put into place. And, Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for all that it's done. We want to thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for all the, the lives that it's blessed. If it's helped someone eat, if it's helped someone get a uniform or another pair of, of shoes on their feet or a coat, whatever it's helped them do, we want to say thank you. We're not going to eliminate the, the fact that it's been a blessing. So, Lord, whatever it is that it's doing, we, we appreciate it and we thank you. And for those who don't know you, who don't understand that this is provision that's provided by you, we say thank you for them, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we know that this marijuana usage has skyrocketed, especially since it's legal. That those of us who don't smoke don't even have an opportunity to escape it. And, Lord, as as the studies go on, it's being revealed that it's doing more and more harm. And, Lord, we thank you for the studies. Because if it would stop one person, one individual, we thank you. We thank you, God. And, again, we ask that those who are hearing this, who smoke weed, God, that they would pay attention, that something would jolt them that they would want to take care of their bodies better. Everybody who wants to take care of their bodies, God, don't know you. So we're not just asking for the people that have been introduced to you. But for whatever the reason is, they wake up and they understand that this is destroying their insides. This is destroying their mental uh, capacity. We pray for a wake-up, that this is a wake-up call, and we pray for continued Mm -hmm. research. We pray that they continue to find the things that this uh, marijuana is doing, and even the, the, the money and the lives that it's destroying from the sales, the ill-gotten gain, we ask that it be put to an end. Again, there's nothing you can't do. And this is not a Mm -hmm. small request because it's been allowed to get out of control. But we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, that the numbers dwindle across the board regarding anything that has to do with this particular uh, marijuana issue. And, Lord, for the individual who burned a whole house, to prove a point because he was angry, because he was evil, because
Good evening, good evening. Can listeners hear me? Please verify you can hear me as I close out for Pastor Steph. He's experiencing some technical difficulties. Thanking God for her amazing prayer as she closed out all of the stories that we spoke on. And giving God thanks that we were able to be on this morning again, as she stated earlier. Thanking God for blessing us with the insight and the ability, as Elder Natisha said, to just give our godly thoughts and godly counsel regarding everything and just praying that we can all meditate on God's word and these stories and seeing as how we can be the change agent and make the difference for him. But you have been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Make sure you tune in live Monday through Friday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Blog Talk Radio. Make sure you be with us again tomorrow morning for Therapeutic Thursdays. And as Pastor Steph always says, I love you.